This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Layla on from Allbirds. We're actually going to be talking about why leading with compassion has never been more important. And uh, I can't wait to get into this topic because this last year and a half has, has dripped of empathy. All the business calls have, I've loved it you know, in a way, because we've talked more about our family, we talk more about, you know, what's going on. And, and I, I love that. And I want to, I, I hope that we keep some of that post COVID, uh, that empathy at least. Uh, and so I, I really, I'm really interested to kind of hear Layla talk about compassion as well. And uh, so without any further ado, Layla, would you do us a favor and introduce both yourself and also introduce all birds? Sure, absolutely. Uh, my name is Leila Taraf. I'm the Chief People Officer at Allbirds. Allbirds is a sustainable, is a lifestyle sustainable global brand. Uh, we started in footwear and now we've expanded into apparel. Uh, and our products are made with sustainable materials and we are a B Corp, which means we're focused on what we call the triple bottom line, which is people, profit, and planet. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. That's fantastic. Um, how did you get into? How did you get into that? How did you start with Alberts? I met one of the co-founders, Joey, probably eight years ago. Uh, just you know, through through our networks, and immediately liked him, and we just connected. You know, I think yeah. I think we we vibed. And then when Tim and Joey came together to start Allbirds, they, I did speak with them in 2017. And, and this was when the company was just getting off the ground. And I had kind of moved on in my career at that point. I was an advisor within private equity. And I said, well, good right. luck with that startup of yours. That's good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> luck. It's like oh, little brother. ducklings at the pond. Yeah, just good exactly. luck. <laughs> good luck out there swimming. Two years later, uh, um, uh, we were back in touch and they said, hey, um, you know, we we need some help on the HR side of things. And would you consider coming in and just maybe being an advisor for us? And I think it was on day two or day three. They said, hey, how about just joining us full time? Um, <laughs> and so that's how it happened. And I joined summer of uh, 2019. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, a triple bottom line company is. I think easier for an HR person to understand because yeah. they've emphasized that it's, it's in the mission. They've emphasized people as a part of it. I mean, you know, we're, you know, as a capitalist, you can kind of understand that, that model as well, but, but it's, I think it's easier for recruiters and, and uh, HR pros to just get it. It's like, okay, you're going to emphasize people as a part of this. Okay. Yeah, yes. great. Thank you. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, now I'll have budget for the things that we actually need to get, uh, get done. So that's good. Um, tell me a little bit about compassion in a way that we, you know, obviously you've seen a lot of things this year um, and it's probably pushed you in some, into some learning as well, like all of us. 
But what do you, why do you think with this topic, why do you think leading with compassion is so important? It's just so interesting how this year, this term, you know, compassionate leadership or leading with love or leading with compassion has really started to, to pick up steam. And it makes me pause. I think the better question is why hasn't it always been <laughs> right important? Yeah. yeah. Why did it take a global pandemic? And right. And, yeah. and I think, I think moments of crisis of extremes is what really shines a bright light on what is needed, right? And I think that this last year was that year for us. Uh, Hopefully, most of us were caring about our employees and treating each other with mutual respect and developing personal relationships alongside professional ones at work. But I think you're right. I think um, traditionally in business, been very capitalistic, very focused on you know, drive for results, high performance, and the you know softer skills. And I use air quotes when I say softer skills because the soft skills are the hard ones to acquire. Have haven't gotten as much airtime. And I think when you hit a global pandemic, and all of a sudden the the very physical and mental health and safety of your employees becomes foundational to the business, then it becomes very, very clear, like, oh, I need to pay attention to the whole person. It's funny, because this, this um, idea of bring your whole self to work, right, we want all of you. I remember this was maybe 13, 14 years ago, when I was at Pete's Coffee and Tea, we relaunched our values, and we put it under the banner of bring your whole self to work. And I've been thinking lately um, that now that we're working from home and there just isn't that big bright line between your work self and your home self, we really are now bringing our whole self to work. There's no separation. So I right. think that's been a the gift of the last year. It, it has. It's, uh, it's, it was always going to be blended. We kind of had this false wall of, uh, that, okay, there's this work and there's this profession uh, and then there's this other person that maybe they don't see the person that has hobbies and interests and, and does things on the weekends and things like that. And, and now, you know, it's okay. I mean, it's totally, again, one of the, the upsides of, of, uh, of the pandemic or remote work, if you will, is that, you know, we get to see people's kids and uh, cats and dogs and goldfish and you know uh it humanizes everybody doesn't it it just sort of answer and i and i get this too i think you know when you start in your career you um you have a persona you have a facade this is my work self and how i carry myself at work and i think what's so lovely now for um people who are entering the working world today versus like back in the 80s and 90s is that you are allowed to show more of who you really are, depending on the company and the industry, of course. But all the research shows that you do your best work Mm -hmm. when you are fully engaged and you actually really like it. And that is only going to happen when you feel you can be yourself. If you're only, if you're compartmentalizing and only showing a little bit of yourself or acting in a certain way that you think is acceptable, you're not going to have access to all the amazing qualities you have inside of you because you are sort of cutting that off. And so that's the business case for bringing your whole self to work and for caring for the entire uh, individual. 
I think, I think the challenge is how do you get that balance? Right. Yeah. Right. And not go too far one way or the other. Um, and, and I use this analogy all the time, uh, at, at all birds, which I, I'm always drawing these two circles, these two intersecting circles. And on one side, it's, you know, focus on the business and driving results and high performance. And on the other side, it's creating the conditions for people to do their best work and really nurturing a culture of connection and belonging. And you want to do both, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes those two things might seem like they're on opposite ends of the spectrum, or they might be going into, in, in, into different directions. But I actually think there are two circles and then there's an overlap in the middle, like a Venn diagram. And I think the art and the science is in how you stay and you traverse and you tack back and forth in that overlap. And sometimes you're going to be like, no, you know what? We need to double down. We need to make our numbers this month and everyone's yeah. in it. Right. Yeah. And other times it's going to be like, hold on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> We're now figuring out how to. Yeah. how to get back into work after being at home and, and let's be a little, a little more gentler uh, with, with what we're doing. And it's, it, and that is the art and the science of it, right? There's, there's no playbook for this stuff. No, no. I think, I think the whole self, I think what's terrified some leaders about that is, is the unknown. It's, it's okay. So, you know, like take something like depression uh, or mental health uh, in general and it's like, well, your whole self. Okay, so let's deal with that. You know, there are days there 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 are days that are that are better than others, and days that I could just fight through it. And then there's days that uh, I can't. And I think the leaders historically have looked at the, like like that is, yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> I I don't, I want to I want to be in the dark on that. Whatever personal things you're going through there, that yeah. fantastic. Not, not my problem. <laughs> not my problem. Yeah, YPMP. That'd be UP uh, YP for you. Um, and I I think that those days are over. Of 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 of. Okay, you can't run from it. Like like we're all made up of all of these things, and some are going to be uh, fun, and and some of them are not going to be fun. And that whole self, I think historically why people have 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 rebuffed it is is just they're, they're terrified and uh i think the pandemic has helped us a little bit in that we were just all forced you know march 13th everybody's going to everybody's going remote period Psst, figure it out right. and right. and then you know then all the trauma that then came with uh you know layoffs and everything else like that I think people kind of have relaxed. Now they're a little bit more more able to like, okay, well, you know, let's talk a little bit about mental health, you know. Um, oh, absolutely. I think it's mu it's much more open time. Now the anxiety yes. is actually coming back to the office. So now, now it's like the other way. The other way around. <laughs> well, now, now that's interesting because, and you live in a part of the world where an hour commute is normal like that, yeah. Yeah, like in yeah. DC, New York, uh, even Dallas and Chicago kind of face some of that Atlanta, uh, faces some of that. And now you've got workers, um, that are, they're going to look at the word commute and they're going to go, mm, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to do that. So that that's going to be interesting for us to figure out on an yeah. ongoing basis. But let me, let me give you, ask, give me, get you back to compassion for a second. Cause I want to, give the audience a couple of examples of some of the things that you've seen or done as it relates to compassion. So that you, you know, again, some of this is P 
people have to see it. They have to feel it. They have to understand it. And then they can emulate it afterwards. But is, as a leader, sometimes you got to go first and, uh, and show people acts of, acts of uh, compassion. So what, what have you seen and what have you done as it relates is just to make some really a, a cool examples of compassion. And we won't name names. <laughs> well, I, I like I like how you say that because um, y- you your ability to empathize and to sit with someone else when they're having a crummy day mm. is partially based on your ability to do it with yourself. Yeah. Right. And so Great I point. always say that leadership is an inside out job. And so if you're not compassionate with yourself hmm. and you're not cutting yourself slack and if your inner critic is on full tilt like Layla why did you do that you're that's how I'm going to talk to you yeah right one of my huge learnings over the last 12 years is um how do I practice (laughs) self-kindness and self-love so that can emanate um to the people that I work around and I think when we first went into lockdown, we immediately started doing weekly all hands meetings because we wanted to provide a touch point, a connection to the company. Obviously now all of a sudden everybody's uh, in their homes. Now it seems perfectly natural, but back then it was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna lose this connection. Uh, and some of it was information, but a lot of it was just staying in touch. And we opened up a Q and A board, give us your questions. And there were a lot of, well, there were a lot of questions we couldn't answer. And it almost didn't matter. It was really just much more important to make the space for us to come together every week and to have that certainty because there was so much else that was uncertain. And uh, to be as open and honest um, as we could about what we knew, but also what we didn't know, which is a little bit harder, right? It's much mm-hmm. easier to say, here's the plan and here we go. And when you don't know, I I think it feels like, oh, I should know I'm the leader. And so we all got, I think, very good. I myself, you know, being vulnerable and saying, I, I I looked at some old notes that I wrote last, uh, last March, April. And I said something like when we come back into the office in June, I thought, oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, you were close. June. June. You just didn't have a year after that. Good. Exactly. And, and I, so I think, I hope that our employees saw that and, um, and the anxiety that came with the not knowing was counterbalanced with the assurance and the comfort that, you know what, we're giving you the info that we have when we have it. I just, I, I just wrote an email this morning that we're sending out about coming back to work and people want to know, are you going to, you know, are we going to wear masks in the office? Are we going to require vaccines? Are we going to, you know, all, you know, how are we going to assure that people are going to be safe? And they're all great questions. And we answered the ones that we could. And we said, we'll have to let you know on these other things. We're still fine. We're still waiting to see what happens when things open up and what other, and, and it's made us all really, really good at getting comfortable with the not knowing. Yeah. It's ambiguity. Leadership uh, is a consumption of ambiguity, and and this is this has really put us to the test because uh, not do we not 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 know we don't even know when we're going to know. Like sometimes it's like oh okay there'll be a firm decision in December. We don't even really know when this is going to be, and and I think getting employees comfortable with ambiguity is is kind of an art as well is just like, okay, listen, when I say we don't know, I'm not putting you off. 
That's not a put off. That's right. not a, I'm not, I'm not actually passing right. the buck. It's actually, I don't know. And, and I'm okay with not knowing. And that's okay. And exactly. that's okay. Uh, for the audience, something I've learned uh, this year in reviewing my notes, which I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I, I, I've done that recently as well, is asking questions of employees. Uh, when, when I have those one-on-ones with, with uh, folks of, you know, and, and I can be vulnerable with them and they can be vulnerable with me, which I, I love the, the tie-in of compassion and vulnerability. Um, one question that I've, asked, I've grown accustomed to asking people just periodically is, what am I doing that makes your job harder? Like, is there something that mm-hmm. I'm doing? Am I, am, I, am I inundating Slack? Am I you know, sending you too many emails? Is there, am I do, is there anything? And it doesn't matter how tactical or, or large, just yeah, is there anything? I like that. It's okay. Like, like, it's just us. No one's recording the call. Just tell me so that I stop doing it because I, I can't stop it if I don't know that I'm not doing it. Um, another thing is, is if you want to ask, again, this is dealing with vulnerability, is asking people what you can do to make their life better. So this transcends out of just work, work, talk to more into the work personal talk. When you have uh, that discussion with people, it's just like, well, okay, is there anything I can do? I know a ton of people, you know, I, I, I mean, is there anything that I could do for your, for your wife or for your partner, for your, your kids? Is there anything I could do to make your life better? And I think as a leader, the more you ask those types of probative questions, the more you might find some connections there that just, you never would have explored if you didn't ask the question. Well, I, 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 I think that's right there, right? When you drop your facade or your persona, um, I've never had it that someone didn't say to me, oh yeah, I, I relate with what you're saying or me too, or it it just, it drops, you just drop to a deeper, more intimate level of conversation. And that's where the trust is built. Right. It's uh, I, it's uh, I do another podcast with actually practitioners like yourself, where we talk about their career and it's a really, it's a video podcast. So it's a little bit different, but I would, one of the questions that we, we always ask is, you know, how'd you get there? What advice you'd give your younger self, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But my partner in that, he always has this bit about, and it's a quote from a book and I can't remember the book, but it's a vulnerability is the first thing we ask of others. And it's the last thing that we give to others. And I just think it's a genius. I mean, again, I, I, I'll have to think of the author, but I think it's just a genius quote and it's true. Um, the last thing I had on my notes was uh, transcending over into the personal again, getting comfortable as a leader talking with employees and people you work with about their personal lives. And uh, one of the things that, that I've learned is I've, I've started to talk to people more about their hobbies, like what they're into, which is usually because uh, I use a common language. So I usually kind of talk to people like that. Like, what are you into these days? Like, what are you listening to? Like, what are you into? What are you, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you into? And what I, what I love about that is people open up. They're like, oh, man, I'm really into drone racing now. Like, you know, just me and my son are doing this bit and blah, blah, blah. And it's like you get to learn about them in a much more meaningful way than just the deadlines and the things and the to-dos and the emails and the whatever, like that stuff's important. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to ever say that that stuff's not important. It is. It's how work gets done. 
but but if we're if we're bringing compassion in and we're going to lead with it we've we've actually got to know we've got to get to know people on a deeper way in a deeper way i agree and i and the last thing i would say on i i 100% agree with everything you're saying i think what's also important to highlight here is Leading with compassion doesn't mean not having the hard conversation. It doesn't mean not giving feedback that, you know, when something didn't go well, that you don't sit down and have the conversation. Unfortunately, I think, you know, if, if it used to be that we're just focused on business and we don't talk about the personal stuff and we don't show a lot of humanity. And when that goes to an extreme, that can be, you know, sort of sharp elbowed and kind of ouchy, Right. Now, you know, the same thing on the other side, if we're, if we over index into, I want to be Mm -hmm. your friend and we're going to talk about all personal stuff, you have to also make sure that you balance out like there still needs to be some sort of, you know, uh, work that needs to be done and the ability to have conversation around what's working, what isn't um, with respect to whatever your deliverable, whatever your projects are. What I think is interesting is that most new managers, most new leaders think, oh, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to develop a personal relationship with you and we're going to have this nice way uh, and how we get on, then I can't be quote mean and this feedback. But the reality is you actually have more ability to do that because you've just developed this relationship. So if you and I are working on a project and you and I really know each other and things go sideways, I can say, hey, William, um, that wasn't, what I was expecting on that. Can we talk about that a little bit? It's just the way into the conversation is easier. And if you feel comfortable, if I, if I approach you vulnerably, you approach me vulnerably, not the other way around where you're like, yeah, you know what? I didn't like that either. Well, let's talk about it. It's funny. Someone had a quote about this. How do you have difficult discussions with people that you, that you have this relationship with They they, they, and I wrote it down, actually Instagrammed it because I thought it was so great. It's uh, it says, uh, I have too much respect for you not to tell you this. Totally. Which I, totally. I just love the, the, the way that that's packaged, right? Like, hey, listen, we have a relationship. Uh, uh, and But at the same time, I'm always going to be frank with you. I'm always going to shoot straight with you. When something's, when we get sideways with a project, let's say, I'm going to, we're going to talk about it. We'll figure it out. I don't have to be mean. I think that's an old command and control construct that's exactly right it's an old paradigm that's command and control i don't have to be mean that's a choice that's right (laughs) now i'll 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 say and i'll slam my gender for this but i think it was mostly a male choice uh i was gonna say that i didn't want to (laughs) say no no i no i I, (laughs) you gotta own it you gotta own it i think it was mostly it's not not just men do it right it's it is it is sort of the it's it is sort of the the more masculine way of handling things and we we all of us have masculine feminine side i could definitely be masculine let's go let's 100 percent Hundred percent. So it, it goes both ways. Yeah, it does. It does. I've just seen the I've seen the abuse more from men yeah. than I have from from women, unfortunately. Um, so so one of the things that before we end, um, you know, because this has just been a great topic, and it's, and it's going to be a topic that hopefully we get more into as 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 we get past the pandemic. Um, advice that you'd give, and this we'll go out with this advice that you'd give people. Uh, managers that are reluctant. And again, we won't put any age or gender or any of that stuff on it, but just people that are reluctant 
to be not compassionate, but just to lead with compassion. Mm-hmm. What do you, what do you, how do you edge, how do you bring them over to your side of seeing things? And you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I think uh, I do. I do. I used to have, I worked for seven years in private equity, which is very, very male dominant and yep. very left brain sort of yep. data. I used to have this, um, this little card above my desk that said, um, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm, that's and, beautiful. Uh, thank you. I, I think what I lean into, I lean into the head argument, which is if, if you want to achieve your goal and you want to win and you want to cross things off your list and all these things you're motivated by that are more sort of task oriented and deliverable oriented versus person, human oriented, then how do you think you're going to accomplish that? How are you going to do it? You're doing it through your team, your people. And all the data shows that people do better work, more efficient, more effectively, the happier they are. And what makes them happy is having real connection. I just sort of connect the dots, right? Hmm. If, you, if your relationship with them is stronger, you have more trust, you have a better way of speaking with each other, you're more aligned, you're going to have the opportunity to achieve your goals and your results, uh, a, a much greater probability of achieving those goals. So if, if I'm talking to somebody who I know really doesn't care that much about people and doesn't want to put their heart out there, uh, then I anchor in what I know they do care about which is the work and the deliverable and the result, uh, you know, and the achievement. And then how do you think that gets done? Yeah. Through people. That's right. And them caring, caring enough to then do those things at the highest possible level and money. Oh no, this is, this is the, this is what we learned about the pandemic. Um, And, and then caring isn't just about money. Like you can't, the, the, the carrot isn't enough anymore. So, oh, no, no, that's just uh, that's the last thing you go to. It, it, it might motivate someone in the beginning, but that's yeah. that, that, that's that's not the thing that keeps them for, for no. the long run. Nope. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you're busy. I appreciate you carving out. I, I appreciate you carving out time for us. And uh, again, thanks uh, to Layla. And thanks for everyone that listens to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.